You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. All right, Downers, welcome back to the show. Uh, I got to tell you, I have to apologize if you see some irregularity in the Break It Down schedule. I'm very... I get very out of sorts sometimes with keeping up with Bad Christian and the labeled podcast is doing super well. Um, and I like to record the show live. And sometimes when you record the show live, you have cancellations and things that don't work out. And then I'm stuck some weeks or time with uh, with no episode. And then we have the holidays coming up. So bear with me and we will. Uh, I'll always do this show as much as I can. I'd love to do more episodes per week at some point. But right now I've been a little bit covered up because I'm doing many, many things, one of which is another Emory tour. Uh, Emory's going on tour in January, uh, and we're going to be playing in Florida. Florida's somewhere we haven't been in a while, and very excited to, to announce and say that As Cities Burn is going to be with Emory on the next tour. Those guys are kind of got some new stuff going, some new material, and they're going to come out with us, ride with us on our bus, and it's going to be a riot. So if you're in Florida... Uh, I think the tickets are up now. If not, they will be, I would say, tomorrow. And that's emorymusic.com. You can come see us on that tour. And the first date of that tour kind of coincides with uh, the Bad Christian Conference, Bad Christian Con, which is in Nashville on January 27th and 28th. Now, that conference is sold out already and is going to have musical performances there with Emory as Cities Burn, and even King's Kaleidoscope and Derek Minor are all going to be there. But the good news is we're going to very, very soon, if not already, open up tickets for that show that you do not have to be a part of the conference to go to. So if you're in Nashville, those tickets will be open uh, very, very soon. Now, I also want to say thank you to Rockabilia, who is a sponsor of this podcast and a bunch of other Jabberjaw shows, or Jabberjaw's a network, I should say. And uh, they're a company that has all kind of merch. So everything out there, I won't spend a lot of time talking about it, but I'll just suggest, obviously good for gifts, good company, officially licensed. Anything you buy there, the artist will receive money from, of course. Um, it's not bootleg. It's like any of that kind of stuff. This is legit stuff. And I, here's, here's something I just saw. How about a Motorhead... Uh, onesie for a kid how cute and cool is that or iron maiden here's an iron maiden one right beside that i'm looking at that would be really badass on your kid so not you know they've got stuff for everybody but check out rockabilia um my guest today is his name is ashuk and he is a physician he is a pulmonary and critical care physician that has been uh in the medical uh, industry for a long time, has a pretty good grip on it. And he also has a company called leapdoctor.com that helps physicians and their placements and stuff like that. Now, what's particularly interesting to me about Ashuk is that he believes that the a big future part of the medical field and healthcare industry is going to be video games. That's that in itself is exciting enough for me to to want to know more about. So uh, I got on and had a chat with him because he really just has this uh, passion and vision and the spirit of to go in, investigate, figure stuff out, and figure out if there's some ways we can improve an industry that has some real problems, and to do it by trying to engage people in education and entertainment and use their whole brain and help with Alzheimer's and help with every. There's lots of potential there um, that we may be a, a, a time 
away from figuring out entirely, but this guy believes and is already doing development and doing stuff that, I don't know, the way he thinks and what he's up to is, is kind of exciting to me. So I wanted to talk to him on the show, and I think you will enjoy this chat as we talk about healthcare and then ultimately video games and, and some human learning. All right, so here we go. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Break it down, Dada. Break it down, oh, break it down. 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 Let's make Yeah. Well, Shook, this is an interesting conversation to me because you, you're are working in some fields that I feel like are interesting and have some real curiosity about and don't know that much about. So that's kind of what I do on the show here. A lot of times is talk to people that, you know, know more than me about stuff that I find interesting. Uh, particularly, uh, I love to speculate and think about the future and stuff that could happen or might happen. It's just for some reason, a really comfortable place for my mind to be. Um, and the other component of it being healthcare and medical stuff, that's something that I almost know nothing really about, the healthcare system. And so the fact that you're doing development in video games and have uh, thoughts about future applications of video games and technology with medicine uh, seems great because I avoid thinking about and even reading about and studying healthcare a lot of times because it seems so... Uh, red tapey and stuck and fixed and problematic that it seems like it just seems like something to avoid. So I'm really curious just to start out. Tell me about why you're in medicine and uh, if you are actually optimistic that we could do a lot better with our medical and healthcare system. So I, Matt, I'm a physician. I'm a mm -hmm. primary critical care physician. I've been for the last 10 years, a decade. Uh, medicine is an awesome area to be in. Uh, it's you get to help people. I mean, that's that's what we all are here for. And I'm very optimistic about healthcare. I mean, I got to tell you, um, I know uh, we see, we read a lot about a lot of negativity about healthcare and how there's a lot of red tape. Mm -hmm. But that's also where all the solutions can be found. If you have the ability and you the, the the desire to fix it, you can. A lot of changes are happening right now. I mean, just recently, CVS. But Aetna, I saw that Aetna is an insurance company, and CVS is now getting into the healthcare field mm -hmm. with its primary care medicine. Now, those two combining, those two giants combining, is going to change the entire really landscape for healthcare. Well, see, that's a good place to start right here because I saw that headline. My wife said uh, she said CVS bought Aetna for like. Nine, 59 billion, I don't know what the number was, some amount of billion dollars like that. And and she looked at me and I was like, I, I, what do you want me to say? Is that good or bad? I, I don't even know. Like, is that supposed to be a bad thing that they're buying them up? Or is it, a, you know, the way you're sounding it, saying it now sounds like it's a good thing. It's going to open up new possibilities. Well, what, or it something? Does, what, it, what it does is CVS is looking at preventative measures. How mm -hmm. can we help the patient before they actually get sick? Mm -hmm. As a pulmonary critical care doc, I see patients when they're really, really sick. Mm -hmm. Can we get them their blood pressure under control? Can we get their diabetes under control? Can we get their cholesterol under control? Even before they end up with a heart attack, where, where congestive heart failure. And the hope is we start that by primary prevention. That's what CVS is saying. CVS is saying, look, if I, if I partner with this insurance company, Aetna, or buy it up, 
what we can do is we can get these patients in and any corner, any street, there's mm-hmm. a CVS. You can go and you can, you can be seen, whether it's a nurse, whether it's a doc, whatever. And so a lot of focus is going into us primary care prevention. So mm-hmm. it's not only it's not only Aetna, it's not only CVS Aetna. You're talking about Amazon's getting into the space, Apple's getting into the space. A lot of big companies are starting to get into the space. They can they see that there's a lot of opportunity for growth and improvement. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I, I would actually push back and tell you that it's not as depressing as everybody described. It's going to change. It's going to change the healthcare atmosphere. Sure, absolutely. But it's not it's not a depressing. It, we are trying to make it better. Everyone's trying to see how can we help mm-hmm. improve healthcare for everyone. Well, how can we provide? You say everybody, care? but I don't know that ev- that's everybody's motive. I think there's uh, plenty of uh, people whose motive may just be profit, or politicians whose motive is just to retain their you know offices and things like that. But so what you're pitching here, what you're saying there is that CVS and Apple and Amazon get into these things are instead of. Uh, I don't don't let me put words in your mouth, but you're talking about technological solutions versus insurance and government run things to make it better. Do you have an opinion about the about that? Is that am I one, the right? One more time. Let's try that again. What's the question? I'm saying is uh, you're optimistic, but it sounds like because of tech, technological solutions and other you know things like CVS, Amazon, people like that getting into it, as opposed to. Uh, the governments and the insurance companies and and that kind of stuff. Do you see those those parts of it as a problem, or do you think even even in those, the, do you see the government as a as a help helpful thing? I mean, are you more into? Gosh, I'm botching my words here, but I'm saying some people are more into the free market and the capitalistic and the technology solutions and and that kind of thing versus more legislation and getting better political stances and mandated healthcare and these kinds of things. Yeah, before getting into all that detail, what I tell you is that everybody has to, to participate. The government has mm-hmm. its role is to help everyone get insurance, it, to help the entire, all the people, United States people or people of America have health care. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a right or a privilege, I don't know the difference. I don't know. But what I do know is when you're sick, you need someone. Mm-hmm. And so we got we got we got to figure out solutions together. Whether it's free market, mm-hmm. whether it's government, governments can't get can't red tape too much so that uh, the free markets can't survive the free markets need to learn competition is a good thing i yeah. mean I, i'm a i truly believe in competition uh, at the same time there are some rules and boundaries that the government could create for everyone so that we provide the best care we can otherwise there are always you know like you were saying um uh, some of us are not in it for the best interest of the patient right. we're in it for ourselves those are the, those are the areas where the government can help regulate a few of the rules mm-hmm. but other than that i believe i truly believe the free markets can make it happen i mean when we're talking technology we're talking about now even uh, virtual uh, telemedicine telehealth which mm-hmm. is essentially what we're doing right now is talking over 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 a camera very similarly we can now a patient could easily be seen by his doc or his nurse or his uh, health physical therapist absolutely i mean you're doing it right. Are you doing it wrong? Are you doing it correctly? Are you taking your medicines? All those kind of things can be done very easily now. So technology has a huge role in improving healthcare. It mm-hmm. really does. I think well, I've been reading some books about artificial intelligence and stuff like that, and it seems to me that there will be machine type diagnostics and things that will be very effective 
you know, in the in the near future where you'll be interfacing with computers and machines that may then kick you to a doctor only if necessary. Uh, that's a that's definitely a possibility. The possibilities are endless. Right now where they are with artificial intelligence or machine learning mm-hmm. is what they're trying to figure out. What we are trying to figure out is what patient is most likely going to come to the hospital is most likely going to get sick. Mm -hmm. Can we meet them before they get sick? What demographic can we look at? I can tell you right now, working with a large healthcare corporation, that's one of the things we're looking at. How can we make sure that that the patient is taken care of, not only when they come to the hospital, but when they're out in their communities? Can they see their, can they see their nephron, their kidney doctor or their heart doctor or their primary care doctor? What's missing? And, and, why are they coming back in? So a lot of what you're describing, artificial intelligence, the early part of it is just machine learning, mm-hmm. trying to learn what's going on with the population. Can we start looking at that first? And then later on, you're right, we'll start building on, on other things. But I think that's where, that's where we are in this phase right now, is collecting that data and then analyzing that data yes. and trying to see how we can keep them out. So with the data, it's the kind of thing where do you think it'll also be a thing where it empowers do we need to empower the individual to understand their health care more? Or is it the kind of thing where, you know, I, I've heard a lot of physicians complain about stuff where people just Google or WebMD stuff and think, well, there's the information. I don't need the doctor. But is it also better to empower people and give them sensors and have them be able to read their own levels of glucose and be able to check things and be have more, you know, everything starting from Fitbit to internal glucose monitors, you know, stuff like that. Is that going to be a step of it? Is it having the person be able to do like manage their, because when people say preventative healthcare, a lot of times what I think that it sounds like to me now is like, you know, exercise and diet and education, but you're saying, is there more hands-on type ways to take, be empowered about your own medical Absolutely. situation? I, I, you know, medicine's changed a lot, but at the same time, it's still Docs, I think even the past and today uh, are, look, this is a partnership. We're working towards keeping you healthy. It's, a, it's in your best interest and it's in my best interest. I want to see you healthy. Mm-hmm. That's why I went into this profession. So if I can give you the tools that you need, uh, the tools that you need so you can keep yourself healthy, and I don't mean just a reg, just diet and exercise. I mean, that's simple. Everybody knows if you diet and you exercise, you're going you're gonna to feel better, you're going to look better, mm-hmm. you're going to hopefully avoid a lot of the conditions. But what does diet mean? What does exercise mean? What what do those things actually mean? Right. And I think those are the roles where I don't think you can replace. You cannot replace the doc or the nurse or the or or the uh, physical therapist or occupational therapist or respiratory therapist. But they can help. It can be it can be a partnership. It's more a partnership now than it's a, a you know an authoritarian kind of view. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of you know, you're talking about googling your diagnosis. Go ahead. Googling a diagnosis is not, a issue, is not an issue, but you miss a lot. There's a lot of space that's missed in between when you're reading a, when you're reading an article. You don't consider you you get honed in on a diagnosis, which may not exactly be your diagnosis, mm-hmm. may not exactly be your case, and that's where the specialist or the the physician or the nurse practitioner's uh, expertise comes in mm-hmm. to guide your care, not just a population, just a general article it, it really does it, it doesn't do too much it doesn't uh, it's not favorable just to look at that article and not consult with someone who actually understands it and can relate it to you mm-hmm. it, 
Yeah, so that that's it. that's it. it's like the experience of the of the doctor and stuff is obviously the really valuable part, uh, and it feels like sometimes in medical care you get further and further away from the doctor. They, you know, and that's why I think it's exciting to talk about telepresence and stuff like that because it should be a, a a less friction way to have access to somebody and then have the the expertise and that personal touch and the bedside manner stuff is so important that it'd be great if we could take out a lot of the structure and the you know, of those things to have a more efficient way of that. And, um, you know, something else is interesting. We just had uh, our second kid, you know, a year ago. And I remember sitting in there during the ultrasound, looking at that stuff and thinking, this machine looks super old to me. Like now, I mean, at one point, ultrasounds would have seen futuristic kind of even not that long ago, but it looked like an outdated machine. And I could not help but sit there and think, there's no, and this and the, whoever the lady running it was fine. She wasn't bad or anything, but she was not a highly trained person. She was just doing a. She couldn't answer any any of my questions because I always ask a lot of questions when I'm interested in something. But they don't like that when they're trying to make the measurements and stuff in the ultrasound. And I don't think she knew a lot of the answers to what I was asking anyway. Um, I just couldn't resist the thought of my goodness that this uh, we there's got to be almost a phone attachment that would do everything she's doing right now. It just seems you like are, obvious. You're absolutely. You're absolutely right, Matt. Uh, healthcare is behind. We're behind. It's it's a sector that's behind in technology than other industries. No doubt about it. And that's the exciting part. That's why I'm in it. I'm in mm -hmm. technology. I'm looking at games. I'm looking at different softwares. Um, because I have, we all recognize that we are behind as an industry. And we can bring a lot of technologies from other industries to advance healthcare forward. There's no doubt about it. Nobody argues with that case may improve healthcare with that. Like you said, the ultrasound, that's just one example of how antiquated we are. There's, there's a dime a dozen examples. Just writing our notes, uh, we're, we're writing our notes, but it's not, and we're now using electronic medical records to keep notes so that patients can see it, docs can see it, other hospitals can see it, but have we actually allowed it across the entire country yet? No, there's a lot of, what you call red tape, mm -hmm. still there. That's not allowing us, our communication to occur. So do you so think the system is... Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go do, ahead. You, do you think it's the system and red tape that are inhibiting stuff and that's why it's antiquated and behind? Or do we just, you know, just it's just a matter of time before technology will solve some of these problems? Technology is going to solve a lot of these, a lot of issues. Uh, right now, technology has a lot of promise. It doesn't mean that it's really... It's, it's there yet. What has changed is it's just not the encounter. It's not just that I saw you, Matt, mm -hmm. as my patient, and that's it. My, 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 my duty is done after I've had the, uh, the visit with you. It's, it's more than that. Now I want to make sure that, hey, you follow through with what you need to do. You quit smoking, I set, set you up for, to quit smoking. Mm -hmm. It's not just, hey, I told you to quit smoking, and that's it. My job is done. I've watched myself. And a lot of our focus in now becoming healthcare is population health. Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of this technology, that's how technology is going to end up helping us, uh, able to collaborate with other other parts of the industry to work together. So, so I'm going to call what you just said there, and there may be terminology for this, but I'm going to understand that to myself as what, that almost sounds like what I would call relational medicine versus transactional medicine then. Like you're going to be, you know, you have a relationship and an ecosystem for, of your health as a permanent, ongoing 
that thing, management system of your life. Absolutely. And that's where the government's coming in. Because the government's saying, look, it's not enough for us to just do, for you to do transactions anymore. I want you to be better than that. I want you to make sure that working in partnership with all of the players and the patient, we have an understanding of improving that person's lifestyle, their, their health care. That's where the government's role comes in. Okay. It's, it's set a general guideline so that everybody's following that. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, we didn't have that. Prior to that, it was transactions. Well, how do how do video games fit into all the stuff we're discussing here? Is not why I'm really interested, and I don't I don't understand how that fits in, but I'm excited. And that's it. It's a puzzle. Uh, there's so many parts of uh, healthcare that are puzzling. We don't have all the solutions. None of us have a solution. And video games. Everybody loves video games. There's no doubt about. Uh, I play video games when I was a child. I still continue to play it. Uh, not as much as I used to as a child, but I can tell you that it has affected my life in mm-hmm. some shape or form. And what I what I realize is that, uh, and I, I am very confident, is video games can help solve some of these puzzles. Mm-hmm. Uh, where video games have shown a benefit or value in the past, a lot of the things that we use, a lot of the scopes, whether it's a colonoscopy or it's a bronchoscopy, a lot of the mechanics, the hand mechanics, People who play video games have a definite advantage. Oh, over interesting. Who- yeah. Then that's yes. You just, just mean with to- the inter, just in in the simple act of using the interface. Yeah, the fine motor skills. Yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Wow. Uh, and and even surgery is starting to move. Surgery mm-hmm. surgeons now are using robot robotic surgery. So now they're just instead of actually opening up the belly, just making two or three incisions mm-hmm. and using uh, trocars. And on the side, they're actually controlling the, the the robot to do the actual surgery. You, those kinds of that that's I can eat those that those those skills can be learned a lot easier, a lot quicker, a lot earlier in life. I believe video games has already created an area or a, a space for that already. But there's even more where I, I believe video games can go. Video games can help you actually understand your disease process, your medical condition. If you're, if we can figure out how we could be a little bit more smarter, intelligent, how we can make it more exciting for them to learn. Finally, our, you know, you see, you ask me, should the patient be a part of the team? Absolutely. They need to be a part of their team. They need to understand their disease condition. They need to understand what they're dealing with, but in, in terminology and in a format that they understand. Mm-hmm. Video games can be that medium. I strongly believe that. I, I think I agree with you. And what I the thing that's most interesting to me about video games is they kind of, man, let's see if I can articulate this. I, I believe strongly that learning and a lot of what we'll do in the future will be effortless in the way that video games are kind of effortless. So you accomp- you you we do them for entertainment but there's outcomes that are uh can be real so we we play video games because they're fun but there are outcomes like fine motor skills and you learn to challenges and anything can be programmed into a video game to learn and so but if you think of it the other way and people get good at video games really easily because it's just entertainment to them and so the more stuff you can package in that type of engaged learning is a thousand times better than sitting in a class and having somebody lecture or reading a book is so passive. And and it's like, even video games themselves, like if you took a 70-year-old man or just somebody who'd never played video games and told them, you have to learn how to use this controller, like a 
Xbox controller. They and and you got to read a textbook about it and learn left goes this way and this button pushes that even just to learn that interface and be proficient in it in that if you had to do that without playing a game, if somebody just told you learn these fine motor skills with this controller, you would never do it. It wouldn't be fun. You would just give up. You would quit. You'd say, ah, you would be half proficient. But if you put that controller in somebody's hand, give them no instructions and say, try to get to the next level of this video game, they will become proficient, increase their fine motor skills, and learn whatever the game teaches them. Is that the idea? Learning, video, learning can be fun. Yes. It definitely can be fun doesn't have to be a textbook. Everybody right. learns from different types of mediums. I've learned through textbooks because that's how I was taught. I mean, that, that's all we had. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, video games has the ability to actually make learning a lot of fun. We're looking at, uh, we're looking at things like, okay, Alzheimer's patients. Uh, Alzheimer's has become one of the leading causes of deaths in this country now as we're getting uh, cardiovascular disease under control. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to see can we use puzzles to improve cognition? Can we do that for Alzheimer's patients? Can we do that? It's a great question. I don't know. I don't know the answer. There's to that, been people doing stuff like that. Like there's been games on stuff that are supposed to help your stuff. And people say even doing Sudoku. Are you aware of any of is the, is the date on that? The more you do those puzzles, is that actually been shown to be helpful so, in Alzheimer's? I think that, I think it's very preliminary, and there are very small studies out there with 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 these. There are. There are definite claims that are made. I don't think there are large cross-sectional studies. So I don't want to say tell you that, yes, 100% of that works. Mm -hmm. um, it's a, it's What we are doing is we're combining. We, we are looking. Leap Doctor uh, Games is, is, very is actually on campus at the University of South Florida campus. Mm -hmm. And there are two hospitals. There's Moffitt Cancer and there's a Shriners Hospital. Shriners Hospitals are for children with all kinds of, uh, all kinds of cancers. Um, all kind of um, defects come from all across the, uh, across the world. Moffitt Cancer is also tied up with the, the VA hospital here. What it allows us is to actually test our games with them. So now we're looking at how can we build stuff that we can see firsthand if it actually improves their, their care, mm -hmm. their understanding of their disease process and their care. And I, I am very confident I truly believe this, optimistic, that video games is definitely a medium that's going to change healthcare. It just, it's just, it's very early in its stages. Uh, I, I think it's a, it's a, I'm really excited about um, uh, the video game market, how it's growing, and mm -hmm. how many people are actually trying to make, trying to do good for them, uh, trying to improve life for others uh, via video games. Folks, pardon the interruption of the episode here. We'll get right back to it. But first, I need to tell you about Away. Away is first-class luggage at a coach price. It's really the perfect luggage if you think about it. I mean, the approach is simple. Uh, they create special objects that are designed to be resilient, resourceful, and essential to the way that you travel today. So, you know, we've had these suitcases that have been around forever, but times have changed. People are more modern. We use more technology. We do other stuff. So Away has come into the picture and done something really cool, which is design luggage for today to suit your needs and do it direct here. Cut out the middleman. Give you a good deal. So let me tell you the other day uh, an example of why Away is good. I was flying back home from an Emory tour just a couple of weeks ago, and we flew from Cleveland to Dallas to Seattle, except for our plane got diverted to Salt Lake City. And I spent 
the whole day because there was some something wrong with the plane. Spent the whole day, like eighteen hours in airports and terminals and stuff like that. Well, guess what? I had my away suitcase, and of course, it has all. The, it was already charged up. It has USB charging stations in it. It's light. It's got great wheels on it that roll around, and it really improved my day and helped kept me from having to sit on the floor and wait in line to get a charger or an outlet somewhere. I even let Reva charge her stuff while she was waiting because she was unprepared. She didn't have an away suitcase yet, so she needs to get one for Christmas, and so do you. Away luggage is is great stuff. So they use high-quality materials while, while offering a much lower price compared to other brands, and that's, again, by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you without the retail markup. Um, they have a bunch of sizes and colors to choose from. They have, in fact, they have ten size, ten colors and five sizes. Carry on, the bigger carry on, the medium, the large. They even have a kids carry on. Which think about how cute that is to have matching luggage with your kid running around the airport next year. So consider that they've got a hundred day trial, so you can live with it, vibe with it, travel with it, whatever. You can find out it's for you. If you don't, if it's not for you, full refund, no questions asked. Also, free shipping on away orders within the contiguous U.S. So, I told you why I like it and why it's good, and so now you just consider getting one of these for Christmas or as a gift. Now, for $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com forward slash down and use the promo code down at checkout. I'll repeat that one more time. Go to awaytravel.com forward slash down and use the promo code down during checkout, and that's $20 off your suitcase. So, uh, yeah, get you in the way travel. It doesn't sound like even a slight stretch to me, but is there a stigma attached to it where people are like, what are you talking about video games? That's for kids. I mean, do you have that? Because to me, I, I am tracking 100% when I think it's obvious to me that there could be interfaces that could do everything from child development to disease management. And so I, I can totally visualize that stuff. And if it doesn't work now, it's just a matter of time before we figure it out. It's, matter, it's a matter of time. But is it stigmatized is it- to some people when you go, hey, man, I, I know I'm a doctor, but I'm really into video games. Let's let's get some funding together and let's go make some rad games, dude. Dude, do people you know, think of you that way sometimes? Yeah, it, you know, it's a different. When you're in the healthcare world, we are very straight left, left, uh, left brainers. We are a bunch of left brainers mm-hmm. in, in medicine. At the same time, we also recognize that there's something missing. There's a there's a knowledge gap missing. There's a the, the healthcare is not where it needs to be. We all recognize that. Then video gamers are very right brainers. I mean, they. They're looking at things. You have to be creative. You have to be, you have to think outside the box. That's the beauty of video games. You know, each game is different and unique in its own way. Mm-hmm. And just bringing those two together, I, I, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. And I'll tell you, those left brainers, they're willing to listen to the right brainers. There's no, there's, I don't, I don't have any issues with it. I mean, any problems explaining it to those guys? And uh, they, they actually understand it. Can they actually visualize it? Not yet. They can't visualize it until you start to show them. Some people need to actually see it in hand. Mm-hmm. Well, I think our listeners may be some of those people. So let's see if, is there any, could you give me any tangible examples of a type of game or a game y'all are developing or stuff you've tried so far? Okay, so we actually started developing a, a video game about a year and a half ago. That's when we start, we started this journey. And when we initially started, we were creating, I was asking my developers to create uh, these games scratch. Hey, Let's let's create, you know, the um, the emergency department scene or the room. How can we make it better for everyone? How can we make it more efficient, more proficient? We hit a lot of roadblocks, and the reason I hit roadblocks because my developers don't know the inside of emergency department. 
They yeah, because these the are age. just these are program computer programmer people. They're not medical people, right? Correct. Yeah. And so I said to them, you know what? Let's do this. Let's prove that we can even develop that we can develop a great game first. Let's just do that. Mm -hmm. I just want to say, it's hard enough. Can we develop a great game? Yeah, because if you can't do that, how are you going to get someone excited about healthcare mm -hmm. and teach them and educate them? So we created our, our. I'm really excited about this. It's crystals and curses. It's a puzzle game. It will help with cognition, but I can't prove it to you right now. I can't show it. I haven't actually demonstrated in randomized mm -hmm. trials yet, so I can't tell you that. But what I can tell you, it's a, a Crystal and Curse is a, is a puzzle game. It's a, uh, It's got seven worlds. It, uh, phenomenal art, phenomenal music. I mean, the game itself, I'm really proud of. We actually got accepted to uh, PAX Rising. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's the video game conference, yeah. PAX. Yeah, PAX is a big video game. I just learned about PAX themselves. Mm -hmm. My gamers all know about it. But that's our start, our first step into the video games to say that, hey, we are there. We are present. We can do this. We can have an impact. And as soon as we get this, now we're going to start to start to look at how can we improve cognition. But instead of not only improve cognition, but how can we now start to tailor, tailor it towards healthcare? That's where we're going. Right now, we're at the point of just proving concept we can develop an awesome game that's our number one uh, um objective right now our number two objective is going to be how can we improve people's lives uh, once we know how to make games yeah so it seems so like the barrier here is one that's kind of common in other industries too and that is the top talent is going to go where that, that are the game developers and the artists and the people that do the developing of the you know, the music and the creative stuff are probably going to go where the money is best. So how will, you know, is there a funding issue? How can you get some of the best talent to make some of the best games? Where does that money come from? How does the money work in, in that situation versus whoever's making Grand Theft Auto and Madden 2019 has got plenty of money to pay the top developer talent? Sure. I mean, you could tell me that it's a big challenge to pay the top developers, but I tell you that uh, at Leap Doctor Games, everyone has to be passionate. Number one, they have to be very passionate about what they're doing. And number two, we're trying to help people. We're trying to improve people's lives. That's my, my two very fundamental blocks for hiring anybody. And mm -hmm. I can tell you that the guys I have and the girls I have uh, are second to none. I mean, these guys are mm -hmm. top. They're, they're, I, 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 can, I don't think I can find a better developer or better talent. Could I possibly lose a talent? Maybe. But I always tell them that if you're really that good and you're really that passionate, you're really out there to help someone, we will succeed. There, there is nothing to be fearful of. I mean, yes, it's great to see a big name, Madden or Nintendo or whoever else. But you, as an individual, can make a difference in another person's lives. I've seen it firsthand. Mm -hmm. um, and the developers are developers. I mean, my promotion guy. My my advertisers, my videographer, all of them are very passionate about helping others. That's number one. And then their skill set matches that passion. Uh, I'm not afraid of the talent. The t we have the talent that we need. There's, I mean, there's no better talent. And are you guys a private? Uh, Leap Doctor is a private company, I guess. Do you have? But is there things that are nonprofits or grants or anything like that in, in the stuff you do? No. So we are working on a grant. We're working actually on two interesting grants. That we, we, are, we are a private company, absolutely, but you can also apply for grants. And we are actually uh, partnering with the university with some of the grants. 
uh, one of the grants is going to be uh, for students, STEM students, uh, people who want to go into mm -hmm. the, the, the healthcare field, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. How can we get the underprivileged uh, uh, kids excited about those subjects? How can video games help them learn better? And so there's a grant out there that we're focused on and trying to get so that we can prove, that, and it's what this game does, uh, prove one, how, that we're in the right space, but two, how we can help them. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're, that's one of our grants. And the other one is actually talking about Alzheimer's uh, patients. We're looking at a grant for Alzheimer's patients and how can music help, uh, as well as for that matter, video games, with an angle of the video games, how can it help uh, Alzheimer's patients slow the progression of their memory loss. So th those are the two grants we're currently working on. So let's stop. Let's let's jump in there uh, because music. I'm a musician uh, by trade before podcasting even, um, <clears throat> and I like thinking about the brain too. So let's just mm -hmm. pause there and talk about Alzheimer's. Like you said, I didn't realize that, but that makes sense. That Alzheimer's is going to become more and more of a prominent issue as we push back and push off cancer and cardiac disease and stuff like that. I don't know if cardiac, what's the word? Cardiac disease isn't the word. <laughs> what is it? Heart, heart, heart disease is fine. You're fine with cardiac disease. Um, but uh, what is the, the early thinking there on what is, the, what is the impact in relation to music, the brain, and Alzheimer's? So we have, so, so forgive me, this is not my expertise. Mm -hmm. Music is not my expertise. As much as you are, I love music, mm -hmm. but I can't sing a note yeah. if you ask me to <laughs> Uh, what I do do have I do have the right people who who are musicians. I just got I just hired actually one guy who uh, just recently um, he he's always loved music. It's, that's his focus now. He's working on uh, Crystal and Curses, making sure that all the music sounds are unique and it has its own uh, uh, tone to it. But he is going to look at it and, and and sit down with the team and say, look, this is the angle we need to take, and and we haven't even formalized. How are we going to present ourselves uh, for that grant? It's not out. It's it's out preliminary, but it hasn't opened up uh, accepting proposals. We are. It's too early for me to give you. Hey, this is how we're going to use music to help mm -hmm. uh, with Alzheimer's patients. I, I wish I could give you a better answer, but. It's not a conversation for today, not yet. Well, not as it pertains to the game, but the but you know, and I've heard some people saying this before. Like for instance, you'll have people that are in nursing homes, and they'll be just sitting there, just almost unconscious, and then somebody will play a song from the fifties when they were young, and then they come alive and sing the words, and they haven't spoken in weeks, stuff like that. At least, I mean, I've heard absolutely. anecdotal absolutely. stories of that. I don't know if you have any more thoughts on that. Oh, absolutely. But. I mean, in the in the in the intensive care unit, we have uh, musicians that come and there's nothing more relaxing uh, than hearing the music. Mm -hmm. Now we don't have EEGs set up connected doing a research study on them, but I can tell you that a lot of uh, it's a it's very soothing for the patients who who remember the the melodies of the uh, uh, when they were kids. I mean, mm -hmm. I can tell you firsthand. Uh, I can it's anecdotal though. It's not a research sure. based. I mean, it's all. This is all anecdotal. Yeah. Well, the, you know, I read a book on music and the brain one time, and uh, it it had this notion in it that basically why music is so satisfying and why and I have the, I I'm not, didn't read this. This is my opinion. I actually believe that there is nobody on earth that doesn't like music. 
which is a really weird thing. Like, I think you find the most bitter old man in the world who, if you ask him what, what are the things you like or care about, even if you ask him to like music, he'd probably say no. And then you'd catch that guy whistling in the shower, I guarantee it. Like, there's nobody that doesn't connect with and identify. It's, it's, it's basically an innate thing in our brain. But the book I read talks about how it, uh, I wish I could remember, this is your brain on music, might have been the name of the book, but um, it talks about how the music involves so many different areas of the brain at the same time. And it's the, you know, neurons fire together, wire together and stuff like that. So it's deep in your limbic system with the rhythm and then the melody, the top end of the melody you're trying to follow with your, uh, you know, prefrontal cortex, something like that. And so it engages all these things. Just say, I think it's similar to if you chew gum when you study and you chew the same flavor gum, you may, those neurons, you have a double effect of how they may reconfigure or something like that. So it's obvious to me that there's plenty to, to study and learn and develop there, which is kind of exciting for somebody that likes music anyway yeah I, t I totally agree totally agree uh, i i can't i can't tell you that there's anyone that i know that doesn't like music I yeah and so th that that and that just overlaps to me with the. It just seems like we've been in this archaic way of looking at things for so long that it's like i think the most best way to improve people engage people educate people will also in the future be entertaining and fulfilling to them i think that's probably the the thing we're headed to like music's good for you oh yeah it's also fun it's just like your body tells you things that are you need and are good for you you need nutrition you'll crave a certain nutrients if you don't get them and you'll be hungry for them or thirsty i think music's the same way entertainment has to have some function it, it it must i mean there, everybody knows you learn the most when you're engaged and entertained and there's got to be Absolutely. you know this is the it's, it's interesting to hear you say it in such a preliminary way um which i actually kind of really like because it's just saying we know these are the things on the table and we don't know how they'll be solved yet but this might be is it do you have any time horizons of how long term of thinking this is like how like how long is there any time horizons on, on anything for you? Or you just know that it's worth doing for now and then you don't know if it'll be decades before we've got stuff worked out or if it'll be soon or what? So there was a time in my life, uh, Matt, uh, you're quite considerably younger than me. And uh, way back when, when I was young, I used to think, hey, man, I have to get to this at this time in my life. Mm -hmm. Like I have. This is where I'm, this is I'm going to get here. This is what I'm going to do. And then you learn later on in life, especially when you have three kids. I got three kids. Um, you know, everything takes it. It happens on its own. You just keep doing what's right and what you believe in, mm -hmm. and it will happen. It will occur. Now, I don't think it's that, I don't think it's that far away. I really don't believe it's that far away. Uh, not a decade. There's too many bright minds. There's so much, so much. Uh, it's so exciting right now. The, how, how much talent and how much uh, enthusiasm there is out there to 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 solve solve issues, solve these kind of problems. I don't think it's going to take a whole decade. Uh, I hope not. Um, at the same time, uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I, I, it's okay. Just keep moving forward. Collaborate with others. I love it, man. That's it's, you know. I know you don't know me, but these are the things that I talk about all the time. I mean, I, I feel like uh, I've designed for myself the kind of life where I'm going to do what's engaging and what I believe in, and then things will come, and they, they seem to. And a lot of other people seem way more determined to say, I would like to be on stage and release an out and have all these really high goals of I want my career to compete with this person. But to me, it's just the process part. I like to talk to people. I like to learn things, explore things. I like to arrange and play music in that moment. And if I focus on that and fully immersed in it, yeah, it turns out I wound up having a career in music or my podcast gets listened to, but I'm not doing it 
with those, I'm not even doing it really with that much of a goal in mind. It's more about the, you know, just doing it because it is interesting. I think we have another really interesting confluence of things happening right now. A trend I notice is everybody is dissatisfied with their work in general. So it's like everybody's midlife crisis these days is I don't care about what I'm doing or I'm just working for somebody else. I wish I did something meaningful. And so I think we're going to see if we can enable the right people and the get the companies and get the incentives and motivations right, you're going to see all this human potential and talent unlock. I really believe that. I'm right with you on that. Um, If we stack the right people in the right places that have the right passion and care about certain things, we should be able to solve a lot of problems and fulfill people who are feel empty working for some dumb company that does whatever. So I think hopefully this works. And then I heard a talk yesterday that that adds to the problem, but I hope we'll figure it out talking about how all the top talent in the world is working for, you know, the Google, Microsoft and Amazon, and they're just trying to sell advertising, which sucks. But I think we, but we've proven what you can do with, a lot of talent and all these things. So, man, we're just to move, shift those pieces around, shift the incentives, like get past this advertising attentional model of of technology and start to get people fulfilled solving problems together that they're interested in. My goodness, I can't you can't imagine the potential of that. I, I'm telling you, Matt, it's you're a hundred percent right. <laughs> Do something. No, as long as you're passionate about what you're doing uh, and uh, you're doing it for the right reasons. Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. Uh, it really is. And I'll tell you, the guys who are working and the girls who are working for us uh, right now, they're not, working for, they're not working for me. They're working to make the world a better place. That's it. That's what they're all working towards. The, the game that we're coming out is just a small taste of what we can do. Uh, I'm really, really proud of it. I mean, these guys, when they show up at PAX, uh, PAX uh, Rising, uh, they said January, let's see, January 12th to the 14th. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to tell you, they're going to make a big splash. And they're, we're a small company, but just because they did it out of passion and love, uh, you, you, everybody will, you can feel it. You can feel that kind of passion when someone's working. And it, you, you can't fake that. You just can't fake it. It's not possible. Well, this is pleasant to talk about, given that most a lot of things are pessimistic these days. I mean, a lot of people say doom and gloom, and I fall in and out of that because you know, I'm a skeptical person and, you know, kind of a scientific minded skeptical person at heart. But in the long term, I'm right on with you as being optimistic. And then I get back dragged into like some really depressing things about humanity and, you know, our the current way that p- things feel. And I, sometimes I get worried that we're our species is flawed fundamentally. But uh, it's, it's fun to talk to somebody who can th- who can kind of think. I don't know. I don't know that you and I are right. I just know that we think the same way. That's all I'm saying. We, I don't know if we got the right answers or if it'll unfold the way we hope it does. But yeah, I mean, I, I gotta tell you, man, it's you could live in the gloom and doom, but how you're shortening your life and you, mm-hmm. you're not enjoying that life. I mean, why? Why? I, I think that uh, working together and thinking positive and moving in the right direction—that's what we need. We need. We need. People who solve problems. That's right. And that's what a video game is, right? How do you get to the next level? How do you get past Donkey Kong? How do you go faster in Mario Kart? Whatever. Right. I mean, and uh, I'll tell you, life is a lot more pleasant and more enjoyable when you're on the optimistic side. I'm not saying that you're not negative sometimes, but hey, I like to see my cup half full. Mm-hmm. I want to see my cup half full, not half empty. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. I mean, it's really about designing your own life, you know, you're going to 
probably be more likely to solve a problem if you're enjoying the the problem you're trying to solve and not you know problems feel to us like negativity or bad things but you can also look at them as opportunity i suppose yeah. call it an opportunity call it a challenge yeah i mean everybody likes solving a, a sudoku puzzle like it feels good i guess i mean it just feels good to i mean i think our work as humans is really about the i really think it is about the process not the destination people always say that but it's kind of i don't know if people really get that it really means that like on a day-to-day level being present solving a problem i don't know if we have a, a higher I don't know if we have a higher purpose, really, than just solving problems that are in front of us. That seems to be the most satisfying thing. I think it's why people like, I don't know. I mean, it explains a lot of things, but it's, it's you, you kind of, I didn't know this, I wasn't thinking this is how we would talk on this episode, but you've got my brain uh, back into a positive vibe. I had a week last week where I was into a bunch of social media negativity. It was a real bummer, and this is really exciting. <laughs> I got to tell you, the most satisfying thing in life is to help someone out. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, and uh, it's priceless. I mean, I can tell you, I take care of people who are dying or close to death, mm-hmm. uh, very critically ill. And a thank you or someone I see in, in, a, in a driveway, in a, in, a, in, a, in a fast food store, or a grocery store, or my mechanic the other day. Uh, recognize you and say thank you. That's all. I mean, that's what life's about, helping someone else out. It really is. Uh, once you figure that out, life is going to be so much, uh, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. Well, is there I mean, any other stuff you'd like to tell people about your company, Leap Doctor, or anything else? I don't know if you're trying to raise awareness or support or anything in any specific arena other than just... I, 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 I think the only thing I'd tell you is that, uh, and this, this my gamers would tell me, is make sure to mention crystals and curses Mm-hmm. Uh, remember the Christmas verses coming out. It's release date is actually going to be PAX Rising. Okay. Uh, and it's a puzzle game. And if you love the game, sign up. Twitter or whatever. Just check it out. I What's mean, the, what really platform it. is the game on? Uh, it's going to it's gonna be an app. So it's going to be on the Android. Okay. It's going to be on the Apple. And it's also going to be on Steam as well. And it's uh, called uh, Crystals and Curses? Yes, yes. It already has a Facebook following. Uh, okay. That's a great, great place to check it out. Uh you could see the passion. There's no microtransactions in, in the actual game itself. And this is our first, first uh, entry into games. We're excited. We really want to really change it. We really want to change um, not only healthcare, but we want to change the video game. Too, <laughs> video game. This is awesome. Really. So, so don't at, download the so, app and game and expect it to lower your blood pressure or anything, obviously. But it's uh, know that if you participate with this game, you're contributing. Would you say that the people that do play will be contributing data and user feedback toward helping refine and develop what will eventually become uh, more medically pertinent t- and useful games and stuff like that? Is that the idea? Like you start with this and get feedback and user data? Or- you know, I, I can tell you, if you could solve those puzzles, man, you're, you're a smart guy. It will improve your cognition. Okay. No so it, directly, just, you, it is designed cool. to directly improve cognition, to play, even to play the I, game itself. Yeah. I can't, I can't make it. I can't. You see, if I told you that that's exactly what it does, mm-hmm. then I would not be. You, I'll be using my. I would not be talking like a, a physician uh, understood, or healthcare. Yeah, understood. I don't. Yeah, no, I, don't any claims that I don't are, have. Whatever, I don't but, have the research behind it yet. Yeah, but yet. you'll be. The, but to play it, will be contributing to that research, is what I'm saying. Yeah. What I could. T- well, I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna get the analytics. We're so early on. We're getting everything together. This is our first time, so we're gonna see as it plays out. What I can tell you is the game is really gonna test you. This is not a. This is not an easy game. Um, this is. 
this is something that you'll be really challenged with. And if you're a true gamer and you like puzzles, this is the game for you. I mean, this is one of those games that you'll be like, wow, what it has people paid attention and did it out of love. You can see the passion just flowing out of that game. That's how beautiful this game is. Well, I'm, I'm excited to do it. I don't play a ton of games, but this one uh, is definitely one that I'll check out. It's Curse, Crystals and Curses. And you said it'd be like middle of January, it'll be available, but you can find it on Facebook now. Well, you can actually subscribe. So you can start seeing yeah. the, the the pictures and the the characters and the, the worlds, all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, that's what the... You you if 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 anything that comes out of this, uh, I, I, you can see the passion that uh, these guys create, and that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for talent, passion, and the and my most important thing is that we're going to help someone out. We're going to make someone's life better. Bottom line. Great. Well, Shook, I've enjoyed talking to you today. Um, I'm going to have a better day as a result of just talking to you. So thank you for spending right. time with me, and uh, we'll we'll catch back up when the game comes out and see see how it's going. Thanks, Matt. Matt, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, good luck to you. Uh, I hope you check it out. I hope everybody else in your podcast checks it out. Uh, it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. So thank you. Thank you Thank you for much. the opportunity. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the Professional, professional Book, Book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy, happy reading. reading! Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors comedians fighters musicians everything in between i'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it so if that sounds like something you're into go check out drinks with johnny streaming everywhere now